Welcome to this edition of Don't Listen to Us. I'm Sean King. I'm Melissa King. Season two, episode number 42. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> yeah, I guess for the first show of the new year, we're going to call it, is this the first show of the new year? Yeah, yes. Uh, yes. First show of the new year, we're going to call it season two. Okay. Congratulations for making it to season two. <laughs> yes, I should say. Three more will we'll be in syndication. <laughs> Let's see if we get to three more seasons. Um, hope, hopefully everyone had a wonderful New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. We did. We had a quiet one. We just sitting around watching TV. We were awake. We were Come awake. On, oh, give no. Us... no, we were definitely awake. Uh, we had a, Actually, we had a marathon house of cards session. We did. Which we enjoy immensely. And we thoroughly enjoy watching the fireworks over Sydney Harbour. Oh, that those was... were amazing. If you get a chance, if you oh. find it online somewhere, the New Year's Eve 2018-19 oh. Sydney Harbour display was freaking amazing. Best in the world, I would say. It you is know, an it... incredible setting. It is an incredible harbour. The effort they put in, they had at least five different launch locations, including the freaking bridge. And the bridge, yeah. They... And the thing is, we were talking about it. They don't close the bridge down to put all that gear on top of it. I don't think they do. I don't think they can because there's no way to get to northern Australia. Northern, the North Shore, northern, northern Shore. Sydney. And Newcastle and everywhere else, right? I don't think there is. I really don't believe there is another so th- route. That's but... even more amazing. They can set all that stuff up while they're on an active bridge. Yes. Anyway, just... If you get a chance, watch it. It's incredible. Uh, the, there's the, I just added that to the bucket list. I want to be in Sydney Harbour on a boat on, on New Year's Eve to see that fireworks. It was utterly spectacular. Incredible. So um, hopefully you guys had a had a good one. So it, I think I'm trying to figure out where this comes from. Is it an age thing? Is it a maturity thing? I think as you get older, you're less and less wanting to be a with strangers on New Year's Eve and be just outside your house. On New Year's Eve, I'm okay. I mean, I love, I love being at home. When so. you were uh, late in your late teens and early twenties, was New Year's Eve a big old party? Oh, it was, it was a, a point yeah. that, uh, uh, to be at a party. And it wasn't just a, a house party. You wanted to be in a club. You wanted to be in a in a, in a busy mm, place. House parties were big were where I grew. Okay. Where I yeah. For us, it was you wanted to be in a club somewhere. Mm. You wanted to be at <clears throat> Roxy downtown, or you wanted to be at a big, big, huge oh, bash. Yeah. No, it was usually house parties for and us. Then as I got older, late 20s, early 30s, it was a house party. You'd want to go right. with, with some friends and meet some strangers and you know kiss a stranger on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. And then by the time I hit 40, it's like, I don't want to leave the house. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is, for most of us, as we get older, we just drink less because we're smarter yes so we're not drinking and driving like we did when we were young and i don't want to be drunk at someone else's house no i don't want to i don't i want to be more reflective and more anticipatory of the next year i don't want to wake up with a hangover either i hate that now and this is the first time i think in a very long time for me that we literally didn't even drink on new year's eve i don't even know if we even had a beer i just wasn't in the mood neither was i we still have our bottle of um italian champagne prosecco Prosecco in the fridge. We'll figure some reason to celebrate for that. But let us know what you guys uh, did or do for New Year's Eve. Are you the same as us? Are you just not over New Year's Eve celebrations? I I, I like that other people do it. We were very happy that our son Damon went off to go see friends and hang out. That was great for him. But if somebody had invited us to a house party on New Year's Eve, would you have gone? I wouldn't. I probably would have gone for an early evening drink, hang out with people, and then Happy New Year, and then come home. Really? So you, you wouldn't home for New Year's? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think I disagree with you on that. Yeah, I love the new, I love New Year's morning. I love New Year's Day, and I want to be clear on New Year's morning and New Year's Day. Yeah, now. I would. I don't want to wake up and go. No, and even feel... if I was at a house party, I wouldn't have been heavily drinking. No, no, I just don't do that anymore. No, I, I don't want to do it anymore. I can't afford the three day hangover. It's just awful. <laughs> I just find it a waste of a day. Yeah, it really is. Why it do really and why is. would I hurt my system like that? We had a, we were in the the big city yesterday. Uh, uh, Rory came back from visiting his dad up in Smithers, British Columbia, and the, uh, the, the wilds of Smithers. The snow. He, he misses the snow. He does. He misses. He also misses hanging out with his dad and going snowshoeing and hiking in the snow and skiing in the snow and the snow and the snow and the snow. He was up in the alpine country. Good for him. Snow was swirling around, swirling, swirling. So we went off to the big city on Friday. In uh, we picked Rory up on Saturday, but we figured we'd go a day early. Just we don't got to get up first thing in the morning to rush to the airport. And so we we went to um, a pub on. Um, we, we stayed on one street. We walked up to Granville Street. For those folks who know uh, the Vancouver area, Granville Street is a, a shopping district, but it's a little on the seedy side. It's There's Robson Street, which is the used to be, no longer, a more of a high-end shopping street to, to walk along. And Granville is, is definitely a little a little on the seedier side. And I haven't walked Granville in, at night on a Friday night in probably 10, 15 years. Because Canada's marijuana laws have changed, marijuana is now, for the most part, legal in Canada for small amounts. Well, apparently it's also legal to smoke on Granville Street. <laughs> oh, my God. Pungent down there. I think we were getting a bit of a contact high oh, just no, walking. It, it, was, it was like, okay, legalization is real. <laughs> we walked five or six blocks, and the smell of marijuana never left. <laughs> it was constant the entire trip. It was. Yeah, it was. Very interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay with oh, I'm okay with legalizing marijuana, if only from the point of view of it frees the cops up from little petty ante shit. Oh, just really. No one's ever robbed a bank while stoned a marijuana. No. Okay, it's just it's just a minor. Yes, it may have addictive properties. Yes, it may not be good for you. But from a law enforcement point of view, it's a minor bullshit thing the cops got to deal with, and they got so many more important things to deal with than just someone smoking up in a yeah on the streets of Granville. I mean, I. I don't, and believe me, I've smoked my fair share of marijuana in my days and <laughs> eaten it and whatever. But, and uh, coming from experience, I have to say that I do agree that they've got to find a way to decide if somebody's been smoking a lot when they're driving. I don't believe you should be driving and smoking marijuana and have smoked marijuana. That's definitely an issue. We have the breathalyzer test, but, but, but we don't have a marijuana test. Yeah, and I believe that if you're impaired, and it is an impairment, definitely. No one can argue the fact that being stoned is not being impaired. But we can't, there is, as far as I know, any medical proof of what level you're impaired at. Like with alcohol, we can say 0 0.05, 0 0.08, you are impaired. Mm -hmm. we, we, we have scientific proof that, that you are not making the same judgments the same decisions as, as if you were at point zero zero zero. We can't. I don't think we can measure that in a bloodstream at a, at a roadside test. And we also medically don't know no. what that percentage is. So the no. cops are, are, are cops, you know, rocking a hard place. And there's so many different kinds of marijuana and THC. There's so many. And when you eat it, yep. it goes into your system differently and it might creep up on you. Yep. So... I I think it's they've got to figure out a way. I don't know if it's going to be looking really closely at eyes or people. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit of a quandary. 
So we were walking uh, back down. We went to a, a Dunn's famous restaurant. That's the name of it. Famous restaurant. Uh, Dunn's is an offshoot of the Dunn's in Montreal for smoked meat. Oh my God! Yeah, famous for smoked meat. Go to meat. Montreal. Go to Dunn's and Schwartz's in Montreal. Oh yeah, Schwartz's. You got to go to Schwartz's. And if you come here to Vancouver, uh, the best smoked meat sandwich, the best, the best, tr- from a a uh, eating point of view, that's the closest you'll get to a to a to a. Montreal Jewish deli. It is. The ambiance isn't. No. But the the food, oh my God. Yeah, but it's the rye bread, you know, your grainy whatever mustard, and then the most tender, juiciest dripping. Your fingers are just covered in drippiness. Yeah, and we only had the medium drippy. I know. I was going to get, I said, well, I'll get the healthy eater. And she went, yeah, yeah, you should get the medium. You know, the the first one's a little dry. Yeah, and I yeah. thought, after I ate the medium, I thought, the first one isn't dry. There's no way. <laughs> if this is medium, then the healthy version must not be dry. And, oh, my God, we had to deliver pate. Oh, oh it's so delicious. Real liver. A like lot of folks can... out there don't like liver and a lot of folks don't like pate. But if you like pate and like liver, this liver pate is true Jewish liver pate. Delicious. You can taste the liver. Oh. Ain't nothing in that but liver. That's just mushed up liver. Yeah, it is just mushed up liver. Oh, so and it good. falls apart. It's not like a pate you yeah. can spread. You're going to kind of scoop it and have a balancing act yeah. when you're bringing it to your but mouth. It was so good. With pickles. Yep. Got to have your pickles. And? We had cheesecake. Oh, and the Dunn's cheesecake. Got to have a cheesecake. Yes, yes. Sean the cheesecake had... was good. I like their cheesecake. Yeah. It's a little different texture than, than what different. you're expecting. It's more curdy. Yes, yes. It's, it's more crumbly than... Uh, like the pate. Like it's crumblier. But it was good. If you're ever in Vancouver, it's on Seymour Street. It's called uh, Dunn's Famous. Uh, you got to go. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere. Just, you know, booths and... Yep. Nothing, nothing, nothing fancy. Nope. It's just, yeah. It's not a romantic place. It's just a place. Oh, no. You go and you eat smoked meat. Smoked meat, exactly. And, and your fingers are all greasy. If that's romantic <laughs> for you, then you're having a romantic dinner. That's right. And then on the way back, we went into O'Donnell's, or no, Donnellan's Pub. Yeah. And a traditional Irish pub. And I knew when we walked past the doorman that it was a traditional Irish pub because he was Irish. Yeah, the and staff then, was Irish. And then we walk in, and the hostess talks to us and was like, yeah, she's, she's Irish. Oh, yeah. The, the, few, the other young woman was, too. Laura was our waitress, and she was Irish. Yep. Those are the best Irish places, the ones that are run by Irish, staffed by Irish, it's just Irish people running the pub. Yes. And the musician, a, I think, was, was Irish. Irish yeah. And it was Jameson's Pub, so we had the Jameson's Taste Tester, three mm-hmm. whiskeys, three beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just fantastic. Yeah, it was. So it was, cool. it was different. It was a different kind of uh, deco- environment. Like it was, it was not a real kind of get up and stand next to people pub. But the tables were very far apart, and it was, anyway, I guess I'm used to Australian pubs. And it's also not a Irish pub, air quotes, from the sense of tr- traditional Irish pubs. Um, tend to be uh, um, a lot of booths, a lot of cl- dark, closed quarters. This oh, this very, is very open very plan. Very open plan kind of uh, pub, and I don't like those. No, I prefer more of a, how could you say it, like a crowded, how am I going to get to the bar sort yeah, of atmosphere. Right, this right. was not that at all. But it was, it was very good. And the same thing, uh, different to Australia, you get the table service. And in Australia, you've got to go to the bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and the whole going to the bar is a whole part of the experience. But here, you have someone come and serve you, which is still... <laughs> it's still... Very all different. These, mm-hmm. After all this time, it's still different? For a pub? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, not for, a pub. For, for us... <laughs> when you're at a pub, 
You go to the bar you to order your, your drinks. You get your yeah. Own. Yeah. yeah. Whether it be five deep in people, yeah. you stand there and you get groped and, and <laughs> you talk to people and you get squished. And that's how I grew up. <laughs> and you think this is a good thing? You get that. Well, I'm just saying not good or bad. I'm just saying it was part of the experience. Yeah. Anyway. Now, we had a discussion, argument, but not, it was not, not, not quite an argument. I, I love Melissa's going to be surprised by me saying this. There are times when I when I love where we live because outside of her window there's a deer sitting down in the yard. Yep. There's this one little single deer just sitting there, like a big old cat is sitting in the yard. Yep. Just, hey, how you doing? I was thinking this morning. I'm looking out the window, and again, I know I say that people are going to get sick of me, but I'm in my rainbow-filled, sunny kitchen making pancakes. Sean's got the bacon in. We've got the music on. We're making pancakes for the family. I'm looking out the window because uh, I was so grateful to be home yet last night. Yeah. Just like just my whole body was screaming to be home. And I looked out the window and I thought, if I'm here in the kitchen yet again, cooking and doing dishes or whatever, I'd rather be doing that than sitting in that freaking traffic yes. over there. Like that is lifeless numbness no, to me. It was awful. No fun at all. Not the life for me. So we um, had an argument. Based on the clientele of the pub. Yes. I did not agree with some of the people they allowed in the pub. Yes. I believe there are some people who aren't, who shouldn't be allowed in pubs. It's those little bold people <laughs> that can't talk very well, that can if, cry at the drop of a hat. If when you come into the pub, you're wearing a diaper, you should not be allowed in the pub. <laughs> if there's a chance that you could shit yourself in the pub, you should not be allowed in the pub. And that goes for anybody. I'm sorry. I don't care how old you are. Okay, Sean. What? Were you at ever one time in your life, maybe there was a chance that you would shit yourself in a pub? No. No? Never. Okay. Perhaps after the pub? Possibly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Were you well, bold at the time? What we're talking about is, is uh, for me in general... Those under the age, under the drinking age, should not be allowed in pubs. And in this case, there was a baby, literally a baby. She, he, she was what, six months old, nine months old. Very quiet. Very, very quiet. I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. But I don't think babies should be allowed in pubs. I don't think children should be allowed in pubs. I don't think anyone under the age of drinking should be allowed in a drinking establishment. Restaurants that serve beer and booze, fine. But a pub, to me, is an adult environment. It's an environment where we can go and be whatever that means, adults. You know, the joke I was using with Melissa, babies have their space. I can't go in the ball pit at McDonald's, so they should be allowed to come into my space, which is a pub. We were um, here on the uh, the coast. There's a pub called the 101, which we go to frequently. Not frequently, but every couple, couple months. And we were there, last time we were there, this cute little boy, his name was some weird name that they give kids here on the coast. Fern. Ocean, ocean or fern or cedar Orca. or something stupid like that. <laughs> and he was, what, eight, seven or eight years old? Very cute little blonde kid. Mm-hmm. He came over and he wanted to show us something. I don't remember what it was. And he was very sweet and respectful of the adults. Mm-hmm. And very. the adults were all charmed by him. And he did a little Fortnite dance mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, oh, you're very cute. Now get out of here. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> well, I'm drinking. Oh, my God. Get out of my face, you little blonde, cute baby boy. <laughs> Go away! I hate having children in drinking places like mm-hmm. that. I think it it does something. It takes you out of... I, I don't mean it to come out this way, but you are you feel like less of an adult when there's a child there. Because now I have to take care of this child. Even if this child isn't mine, because 
we should, this is the way we should all act, I have to take care of this child. I mean, now make sure that he doesn't walk off the, off the, the stage and we're, that he doesn't get hit by a beer bottle, that you know, something doesn't happen to him. Wow, you really take it on. He has I really parents, do. you know. I know, but maybe the parents are drunk. No. And you're, you had the argument about, about young parents getting out of the house. Well, in the first place, in Australia, there are parts of a pub that you can go as a family. It's the beer garden you have you have in your lunch or a brunch or it's a different atmosphere and it's separate from the bar or the real drinking just where you go and sit at a bar part of yes. a pub. It's how I grew up. Yes. I don't know if all pubs like that are in Australia, but where I grew yeah. up. And so you're used to that. You're used to, yeah, well, you can take your kids to the pub because you, it's on a section of the pub. Mm-hmm. But. I think it's also now, I would never, those people would never have taken their baby into that pub if there was smoking allowed. Possibly, we don't know. But I also think it's important for it to be accepted in certain places so no, that no. young parents can get out. That, that's, that, that was your argument. Now I'm saying, why do young parents need to get out? They do need to get out. I've had babies. It's important. It makes you feel refreshed. And I agree with you. But in that case, hire a babysitter. Yeah. Don't drag your baby along with you because by dragging your baby along with you, you're 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 uh, underemploying sixteen-year-old kids. This What's, kid that you were going to hire for two hours, give him twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. He's no longer no longer making well, maybe, that money. That's but not fair. But yeah, but you you don't know. First of all, you don't know now how available. Like if you're a young couple living down in Yale Town or in some dense part of a city, there might not be. I guarantee you, Laura. I guarantee. And maybe you, that every, sitter's busy. Maybe that those sitters are then at you an age. Don't go out. I disagree. When my parents couldn't find a sitter, they stayed home. And then what's the difference between a baby being amongst drinking adults at a house party somewhere? The baby's in his room at a house party. No, if the baby's awake and there's a house party going on, there's drinking, mm-hmm. there's people probably swearing and being loud, and there's the baby. But that's in your house. That's different. Why? Because I'm not there. Oh, okay. Your argument is falling flat. <laughs> I mean, you, they didn't let the baby get down on the ground and nope. crawl around the bed. You wouldn't have even, if we hadn't have walked in and if the baby hadn't have been right there, you wouldn't have even known that baby was there. Now, once the music started playing, what did you say? Well, it was getting very loud and I said, this is when I'd go, okay, you know, let's head off because it's very loud for yeah. a little baby's ears. And they were right up to the stage. Right too. up to the stage. They're just two guitarists. It wasn't like but a heavy still, metal band. It was loud. Yeah. No, it's it's a tricky one because I remember... When having babies, if you kind of said, hey, let's like, let's do it. And they probably didn't do it a lot, but it's like, oh, we're at home. We've been at home for every Friday night for the last six months, nine months. Let's go. I don't think there's anything wrong with that for a young couple. To be together, to flirt, to just laugh, to talk to friends and be distracted from each other. Babies are usually at that age pretty enchanted being in that environment. There's people, they're being passed from person to person, they're getting interacted with. So you get a little bit of a break in a sense. Hire a babysitter. So anyhow, that's my take on it and that's it. I didn't have babysitters for my babies. At all, ever? Nope. Really? Maybe later when they got a bit older, but not for my babies, not at that age, no. I wanted them with me. At what age did you start having babysitters? Now, when did I get a babysitter for Damon? 
older, like toddlers or young, so early, early elementary old. school. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can yeah, see I staying didn't... home with the baby for. I didn't six want my babies to be with babysitters. Yeah. I wanted them to be with me. Well, I think my mom was lucky in the sense that we had so much family around. Grandma. Oh. And aunts and uncles. Oh and that my kind of God! Stuff. If we, if I had been home in Australia, I'd leave my kids with my family yeah. any day. Yeah. But I didn't. I never had that. We. I don't remember anyone other than my aunt Jackie, who was, I think she was sixteen or seventeen when I was born. She was a babysitter on a regular basis. Um, I know Grandma babysat us all the time. Of course, the mine old, too. I remember the str- the stranger babysitter. The first stranger was um, I don't remember her name. She was blonde. Uh, and she, I was like 16 years old and we were probably nine or 10 Yeah. when, when a stranger babysat us. Well, she wasn't a stranger. We knew her from the No, but not family. Not family. Yeah. 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 Speaking of uh, uh, children, I saw this on Twitter the other day and it kind of blew my mind. There are no more 20th century children. No. On January it. 1st, 2019, every child that was born in the 20th century is now, no, I'm sorry. But how does that work? I don't really. Well, let's see. If you got pregnant now, you would have the baby in 2019. Yes. Right? So, yeah, there, there are no more babies. What the hell is it? There are no more 20th century children. You can't say every child was born. Yes, every child was born in the 20th century is no longer a child now. No. Because they're all at least 18 years old. Right. That's the age of majority. In right. Place. That's a kind of a wild thought to me. Yes. It's, I don't, yeah, it just kind of kind of blew my mind that there are no more 20th century babies in around. It's it's just incredible. I, 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 like I said, I don't know why that just. Time is going on. Hmm. Wonder what will happen in the next century. No, luckily we won't be around for it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> saw this on Twitter. New York Times. A reader wants to know, should I tell my family that my cousin is, is an exotic dancer at Christmas? No, shut the hell up. None of your goddamn business. <laughs> What's the, well, um, okay. Just, sh- and, and someone someone tweeted back, mind your business. Mind your business. It's got nothing to do with you. Uh, and, and by the way, guess what? Being an exotic dancer, it's legal. That's like telling them, you know, do you know Susie's a plumber? You know, it's the same thing. Well, prostitution's legal too, right? We talked about that this morning. We're talking about America, not not Canada. Oh, yeah, it's it's the cousin's info. It's none of your goddamn business. People are funny that way, sticking their nose into things like that. It's just. And even to ask, even to put it out there and ask. Why would you think that's a question you would ask the advice? Ask yourself, should I? Like, no, I shouldn't. (laughs) This is something you you sent to me on Instagram a while back. Uh, Things I never learned in school: how to do taxes. Hmm. What taxes are, how to manage money, anything to do with banking, how to grow food, how to handle rejection, how to love myself, how to handle interview, how to buy my first home, how to survive in the wild, how to handle myself in dangerous situations. But I sure am glad I know the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> and we've talked about this before. Now, now I don't need to know how to survive in the wild. I won't. No. So there's, I'm not going to go into the wild. No. And if, I, if I'm trapped in the wild somehow, I'm happy enough to die. Okay. I'll just sit up against a tree and... Fade away. I don't survive in the oh, wild. You're not going to do that quietly. I'm, I'm not gonna... <laughs> how to grow food. Someone's going to hear you. How to grow food. I'm never going to be that far away from a super value. So I'm <laughs> going to worry about it. I will live my entire life within walking distance of a super value. Okay. I'm, I, I have no problem with that. Okay. But the other things, I, I've said this many, many times. You know, 
I think math at that level should become an elective, and then classes like this should replace math. Well, there should be real-life functional math. Mm. Like, if you want to go and learn the Pythagorean theorem and uh, the quadratic equation and all those things because you want to go on with your with your math studies, yep. then you go ahead. Fantastic. Who wants to learn how to do their taxes, budget, um, you know, what to do when you have a wage coming in and how to figure it all out, yep. to pay your bills. Yep. How are you going to pay your bills now? That Balance would be a, checkbook. a checkbook. Someone could say to me, I want you to go today and buy a house, and I will give you that house for free. And I would go, I don't know how to do that. Mm. I literally have no clue. I've oh. never done it. Mm-hmm. I've never been in the position that you had. You've you bought and sold several houses. Well, uh, I bought and I bought this one by myself. Yeah. So and I had I, to do it I all. Would not have a well, clue. Well, you feel very much. You need to have good relationships with who you're dealing with, because you, and I, of course, my realtor was is a wonderful woman, so yeah. I was able to. You know, I wasn't proud. Lean on her. Yeah, I wasn't too proud to go, wow, okay, what am I doing here? And no, I mean, you get led through it, believe me. But I wasn't very educated. Uh, How to handle interviews. Mm -hmm. That's something every high school kid should know. I remember doing that, though. I remember. taught you how to do interviews? I remember being taught what you should wear and how you should present. Was it in school? In school. Really? I do. I I know we never did. Yeah. We had no, 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 there might have been. Uh, uh, a school counselor who you could have asked those questions. They would have given you a little list or told you, you know, wear your nicest clothes, that kind of stuff. But it was never a class. Hmm. Uh, we were certainly never taught about managing money or taxes or what taxes are no. or how they're used or um, anything, anything to do with banking, how to, the category, how to handle rejection. That's something we should teach young men, certainly, mm-hmm. because we're very awkward at it. We are not good at it. Well, you want to dance? No, bitch. Yeah. You know, that, that and happens plus a lot. I really, Lesbian. Um, I, oh, I don't know about school dances. I mean, my Damon was, he wasn't really into that. but And he was friends with all of his peers, including girls. He's got lots of beautiful, beautiful girl friends in his life. Yeah. But I notice how much now, as a young adult, he's self-depreciating. Very self-depreciating. Yes. And often I I find me being me, I go, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. you are so handsome and you're gorgeous. Look at you. And, you know, don't – you've got to stop that language. Yeah. You've got to turn it around. You've got to tell yourself how much you love yourself. Yeah. And I think that's a parent's job. I, I, I have this problem nowadays with what do schools take on and what is it that parents need it's all goes back to parenting i'm sorry like really if i had a father i would have expected my father to sit me down and teach me about taxes and teach me about budgeting you know like there but if your father never learned it he can't pass it on to you i know it's got to start somewhere it does but i mean i i try and share my knowledge with my with damon he's a young adult i try and share that with him. I try and go, okay, well, this is, you know, like I guide him through forms and things like that. Yep. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult to say. It does come down to there needs to be a lot more education for being a parent. Sure. That's what you're That's something I've, I've said before. You that do. There should be parenting, mandatory parenting classes. Yes. You know, when, when you go to your prenatal classes, you also go to your parenting classes. Yes. And you go to parenting classes for a year after you have the baby. Bring yeah. the baby with you if you want. Yes. And there can be beer, but you're going to a parenting class mm. because so one. many people are trying so very hard and have no clue how to parent. No. Through no fault of their own. No. Most of us 
have had parents fail in various ways mm-hmm. that they didn't have to fail mm-hmm. because the, our parents just didn't know. They weren't no. bad parents. They, no. just, they just had no idea. No. You're just thrown into this life-altering situation and told, here, go figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they had that research one time where they gave teenagers a football yeah. wrapped up in a blanket. Yeah. So, okay, this this or is your responsibility 24-7. You've got to do this. And it used to, I think it had a beeper or timer on it for feeding, changing, yeah. when, and crying and all that. And you're responsible and you can't leave it alone. And, da, 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 da. and I think that was more of a deterrent. Or think about when you don't slide on that condom. Yeah, that's right. Or if, you know, if you're not on the pill. My favorite one was the, the school that did it with a bag of rice. Right. And then six months later, they come back and the bag of rice got duct tape on it and it's <laughs> leaking rice and, you know, it's all scratched up. <laughs> this, well, what did you do to your baby? Well, you know? that's what happens inside <laughs> exactly. and out. That's right. Uh, I saw this um, on Twitter. When I see rich, bitchy looking ladies at the grocery store, I pretend I need something and say, excuse me, do you work here? Oh, my God, I, I love so that. I so want to do that. I so want to do I want to go to West Vancouver, which we is We should go to West Van yeah. to, whole, to whole, whole, whole Paycheck Foods. The, the, the West Van is the snotty rich area of Vancouver. Or go to Shaughnessy or something like that. Yeah. And just go to the Whole Foods and, and excuse me, do you work here? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Because oh I remember being in Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck. Yes. I remember being in there and, you know, and you walk around and go, oh, wow, you know, and you look at everything and there's no way you might pick a, <laughs> pick like a granola bar or something to, to leave in a juice. But I have seen women there with their children in designer clothes oh, yeah. they're going to grow out of in a month. Yeah, yeah. She has got like immaculate. I don't know why the child's there because the nanny must be having the afternoon off <laughs> or is doing something else at home with a cart full I mean, full. Like, their one little weekly shop yeah. must be $800, I swear. I would love to go up to one of those women. Isn't that awful? <laughs> Excuse me, do you work here? Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought you worked here. I'll find someone else. <laughs> that would just be the funniest thing. <laughs> that is so evil. Just the look on her what face. What is the matter with us? Just the look on her face as you puncture that bubble I know, of hers. Right? That little <gasps> protective bubble she lives in. And you just... Prick well, it with your little pin and have explode all around her. But what if they were really nice and go, no, I don't, you know, but I think those people dressed in the green smocks might be. Someone dressed like that would have her bubble pricked. Do you think so? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, let's I think, do it. I think if, if you're that kind of person, yeah, next time we get some time in the city, we'll, we'll do that. We'll go let's to Whole do Foods it. Let's go to whole, food, whole Paycheck and <laughs> their immaculate saw nails. I saw, saw this on Twitter. The only thing anybody learns while studying abroad is how to delicately weave the fact that you studied abroad in a conversation for the next 10 years. <laughs> That's mean. That is. It's not necessarily true. But it's but, sort of true. But I will admit that anybody who studied abroad will tell you. <laughs> At it's, some point yes. in the conversation, it will come up. It will. Well, when I was studying abroad. When I, when I was studying abroad. And then, of course, they expect the person to go, oh, where was that that you studied yes. abroad? But if blah, they're blah, smart, blah. they say, well, when I was studying at the Sorbonne. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. When I was overseas at Oxford, you know, <laughs> that wow. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. And I, dis- I I like the line. I would disagree, though. I think you learn a lot of things from studying abroad. And I've always said our high school kids should be forced to go abroad when they graduate high school, before they go to college. Because mm-hmm. you learn so much at that age. You can absorb so much at that age. You can learn so much about other cultures and people and religions and food and 
financing and everything mm-hmm. that it should be. So few of us take that. I've always said there, you have no reason to go from high school graduation in June to college admissions in September. Oh, no. That gap right there, stretch that gap out for two years. Say you're 18, 19 years old. For two years, do something else. Mm-hmm. College will still be there when you're 20 and 21. The money that your mom and dad give you will still be there. The money that you've raised will still be there. Go somewhere. Do something. Go to Europe. Go to some Central America. Go to Australia. Go, go, go. Yes, but that's a very that's looked upon as a thing that the privileged do. Yes, it's a very and that's indulgent what bothers thing to do. me. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's what where where I've always said the government should be involved. The government should. You should, when you walk up on that on that stage when you're graduating high school, your your principal hands you your diploma and a passport and a plane ticket, and there's a bus outside that's taking you to the airport right from graduation, and you can get on any plane in the world because you've got that golden ticket that our government has paid for and said go, and you will be accepted by the government of Germany because this is a governmental thing. Mm-hmm. Exchange, Can- exchange. The the Canadian government will exchange German students for Canadians and British and mm-hmm. and African and everything else like that. And you get to go, and, and, and they'll support you. Now, you're not getting welfare, but the government, there'll be a job board there for you to get a job at a, as a bar back in a, in, a, in, a, in a pub in Germany. Or you can go work at McDonald's in London or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Because at those formative years, that is, I think, the best time for you to go experience the rest of the world. Not when you're 55, 65, retired, and are going on group tours all over the place. No, backpack through Europe. You did it. Yes, but I was 21. I don't know if I was ready to do that just after I graduated. Really? So it depends on the individual student. I was very shy and very introverted, and I don't know if I would have been ready then. Well, if that's the case, then those kids can go to the U.S. Where they're, <laughs> well, no, I mean, where they're more comfortable with the language and the c- culture and that kind of stuff. I'll send Rory to Australia. Yes, I'd love for Rory Oh, my to gosh, Australia. I'll have to go with him. <laughs> I think you're missing the point. <laughs> no, no, no. Send him off. You go to Australia to broaden your horizons, but we'll come with you. <laughs> Something uh, with all these medical studies that we've just recently learned. It's a relief to know the truth after all these conflicting medical studies. The Japanese eat very little fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the British or Americans. The French eat a lot of fat, but also suffer fewer heart attacks than the British or Americans. The Japanese drink very little red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than Brits or Americans. Italians drink excessive amounts of red wine and also suffer fewer heart attacks than the British or Americans. Germans drink a lot of beer and eat lots of sausage and fats and yet suffer fewer heart attacks than British or Americans. Conclusion, eat and drink what you like. Speaking English is what kills you. (laughs) I think from an anecdotal point of view, all those stats in general are true. Why do you think that is? Why do the German? Why do the Germans and Japanese and French and 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 those cultures, Italians, seem to, according to the medical information, have fewer, let's say, heart attacks than Americans, Canadians, and Brits? Natural joyousness. That's you know what I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I would say, but the Germans wouldn't be described as naturally joyous. Now with the Japanese, Italians certainly. Italians have a verve and a lust for life. French, I think, but have a pompous joyousness about them. <laughs> um. I think it's the way we eat and the way our lifestyle is. We in North America and, and possibly Britain 
tend to eat, certainly in, in North America, uh, Canada, the U.S., massive portions of food. The, the, the food that they put on our plate, we, don't, we need half of that. We <clears> eat a lot <throat> of food. And our lifestyles, for a lot of us, tend to be fairly sedentary, very little exercise. Where overall, and this is obviously generalizations, uh, Italians walk a lot, French walk a lot. I don't know about the Germans, but let's assume that's, that they just get more exercise. Maybe that's part of it. I think also I remember when um, uh, some of our Brazilian students, uh, particularly one couple, beautiful people, and, and just both of them just gorgeous. And they taught us, they said, you know, in Brazil, in Brazil, they have that, that nasal <laughs> way of speaking, um, their big meal was not at the end of the day. They mm. didn't come home and have a big bleh, dinner with potatoes and meat and everything. Their yeah. big meal was in the middle of the day. And when they – so they'd have a little breakfast. They'd have a nice a lunch, healthy big lunch. And then dinner was just like a snack. It wasn't um, anything heavy yeah. at all. And that's how they eat in Brazil. And I, I quite like that. I, I would prefer to have a bigger lunch because I get more hungry in the middle of the day. And I prefer to just have light little snacks for dinner any day. That's what I, so part of it could be that is that you come home, you're tired, you know, you've made the big dinner and then you sit and then you're done. Yeah. Maybe that's a part of well, it. Well, I know one thing that's very true of Italians is they, uh, they do have <clears throat> many core, like the main meal, the dinner meal is four courses. But it's very small portions. Mm -hmm. You'll get a salad, and it'll just be a little tiny, like half bowl salad. You'll get a little plate of spaghetti, um, or some sort of pasta. But it's a small plate because when we get pasta in North America, it's a full plate full of pasta. Mm, that's not how they eat pasta. No, they don't. They eat it in very small amounts. Mm -hmm. And then your main meal is is a very small, relatively small amount of meat. And then, and the, the Portuguese do this too. I'm left one reason I'm looking forward to going to Portugal. They go for a walk. They oh, go yes. for an hour-long walk after dinner, mm -hmm. which is something we don't do in North America. We tend to have dinner and then just go flake out on the couch. as opposed to And, the, and Italians have late dinners, too, like 9, 10 o'clock. Having dinner is not unusual in Italy. Mm. Um, so I think that might be part of it, too, is that that's the idea of the exercise. Is you, you have these little meals throughout the day, sprinkled throughout the day, tapas in, 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 uh, in Spain. Uh, I think it's called pesticos in Portugal. Those kinds of little tiny nibbly bits. Mm -hmm. get, get you through the day. Then you have your main meal, and it's a family thing. It's a it's a big family thing, and you're eating and you're talking, and it takes four hours. And then afterwards, you get up and you go for a walk for an hour. Mm -hmm. That's something you and I are. are well, I don't know if you realize this, but that's <laughs> what you and I are going to be doing um, starting Monday. Is after dinner, I want to go for a walk. I want to walk around the block a few times, or walk up and down the street, or whatever. Because mm -hmm. I'm starting to really wanting to focus on losing this weight I've gained over the past year. And the other thing is practicing walking, because I don't walk very much, and I know from my past experience at Macro Expos, where I wouldn't do anything for a year, and then the day of Macro Expo, walk 15 miles, mm -hmm. and my legs were dead. Mm -hmm. I wanted to cut my feet off after two or three days at Macro Expo, and I don't want to be that way. In Lisbon. I want to be able to walk all day, every day in Lisbon. Well, you have to. Yes, exactly. I'm teaching a class. I don't have mm -hmm. a choice. No. So what I want to be able to do is work into those long-distance walking. Uh, practice that while getting my feet and legs and knees and thighs ready for the distances that we're going to be walking in, mm -hmm. in Lisbon. But it shouldn't just be for Lisbon. It should no, be no, for life. No, no, no. That's, that, that's the goal there. But then 
Yes, you 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 keep going afterwards. Yes, there's 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 no doubt about that. I don't know. I think I think I said this one. Um, I'm, they may be shallow, but at least I have dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Boot of that, but <laughs> Boot of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Melissa and I have been uh, seriously considering <laughs> starting our own company, our own thing, and we've already got the website. We've already got the idea. We've got a bunch of concepts. It's it's boot of that mofo. Boot of that mother, you know what. Mm-hmm. And that's that'll be the web is that website. What mofo stands for? Mofo is, is yeah, mother. Yeah. Mm. Uh, boot of that. And it's these these thoughts that we've come up with that seem deep but really are very are not at all. Oh, I don't we don't want to ruin it. No, no, I'm just saying that we um we started just, I didn't even know where it originated when we started doing it. I think one of us said something that Someone, was really silly. And then we went, uh, Buddha that, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then we just, we wouldn't deliberately do it. We'd be all mucking around in the kitchen or whatever and some, something would be said. And we would all look at each other and go, ooh, Buddha that. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and I saw I've kept them a big list of yeah. some of the things. And we hadn't thought about it for a while. And then the other morning, Sean and I were in bed and I pulled some of them up and we were hysterical. <laughs> we were hysterical. And you got a picture Buddha with a big dark pair of sunglasses yes, on. Yes, exactly. Pair of Ray-Bans on. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. B- big fat Buddha with Ray-Bans on. Yeah. That, that, that'll be over. Yeah, our, and he's got these mascot. profound statements, exactly. quote, unquote, unquote, that he's coming up with. Yep. They may be shallow, but at least I have dreams. <laughs> well, that's that a good one. one. But that's not ours, though. Yes, it is. I thought that up. <gasps> did I write that one down? No, I did. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's a good one. My wife and I adopted a brother and sister from Ethiopia in 2011. Good for you guys. We were a ca- we are a Caucasian family of four, in addition to two African children blended in quite nicely. There have been no real behavioral or attachment issues with our Ethiopian children, and it feels like they've been with us forever. No. Skin color has never been an issue, and living in California, our blended family has not been an issue with anyone else. My son is now 15 and really enjoys rap music. I have a huge issue with the majority of the lyrics, which are most often filled with words that are demeaning to women, are explicit, sexual, and sometimes downright pornographic. I've spoken to my son about how these songs are disrespectful to women and how these kinds of lyrics can desensitize him. Nobody in our family has ever listened to rap music, but he has connected with it because of his ethnicity. Our family does not use this type of language, so I'm surprised these lyrics are something he would choose to sing along with. He says he just likes it. His phone is a filter to block explicit content, but he has found ways around it. I don't want him to think I'm an out-of-touch dad. I want him to understand there are better choices in music. There must be some clean rap music suggestions. Well, I don't know very much about rap music. I do know that profanity and that edginess and that um, that uh, sort of um, rebelliousness is part of that music, I believe. That's what rap music is, correct? Yep. It's like mad poetry, anger, being very incorrect politically and I sexual. I think dad might getting, be getting too hung up on the issue of his son being black and him being white. I guarantee you, dad, your son would do this if he was white. This is oh. just, this has got nothing to do with your oh, son being black. Oh, it's got nothing to do with skin color. No. Oh, this God, is, no. This is your 15-year-old wanting to be rebellious. This is your, your button-down, very proper 15-year-old finding this one thing that he's not allowed, that he can do. Yeah. That maybe pisses... Because 
for generations, people, people have used music to piss the parents off. <laughs> True. You know, Elvis was that. Mm-hmm. The Beatles. Led Zeppelin. On and a punk. Mm-hmm. On and on and on. We listen to music that pisses our parents off. Every parental generation has gone, turn that music down! Oh, yeah. God, yes. Why do you listen to that crap? Yeah. You know, I've said it. Yeah. I've said it to Damon's rap music. It's awful. It's boring. It's bad. Because I want him to listen to, the, I want him to, listen to this rap music. Because yeah. <laughs> for me, I, go, I grew up listening to the origins of rap. The Public Enemies and the Grandmaster Flash and the African Mambadas, the guys from the 80s who started rap. And now, like a lot of music in general, it's become, as funny as this sounds, pablomized. And so <clears throat> rap artists are saying these things just to get attention. They may not believe it. There are so many stories of these rap artists who portray themselves as gangster rappers who come from some middle-class black neighborhood in Detroit. You know, mm. they're not the badasses they say they are. Mm. But that's the image they have to portray. Mm. And there is all kinds of different kinds of rap music. Rap has the bad rap <laughs> of all being mis- misogynist, all being explicit, all being pornographic. That's not true of rap anymore. It's true of any other music. Your son just doesn't want to listen to that stuff. Now... It's tough to say, but maybe he's going through that usual phase that all kids go through. Oh, my God. There's worse things. There are. But he is correct when it has the potential to desensitize your kid, to make him think that calling women hoes and bitches is okay. You know, you you have to, as a parent, you judge that. I mean, my son's, Damon listens to, to the rap music. Yep. Um, he has... As I said, he has beautiful girlfriends that that I know he would never disrespect and 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 say horrible words to like that or think about that. Da- Rory plays Fortnite. He listens to the rap music. I'm sure he's exposed to many different things. And I know Rory is still the gentlest, loveliest, most respectful boy you could ever meet. No. You judge it on your child. I mean, I was exposed to things as a young girl that didn't, you know, didn't make me into what those things were. The same as you. You're the most respectful man to women that any woman could meet. So you judge it as a parent. Is it changing him? Are you hearing him use the language? Are you seeing some of his dialogue on social media as being just... If if not, just let him do it. The more that you harp on it... The more that he's going to get pissed yep. and might go even deeper yep. into some stuff. That, yeah, so just you just got to judge it. Yeah, I, I, I hope Dad doesn't get hung up on the Ethiopian black thing because that's that's not it at all. It's got nothing to do with it. Because white kids listen to rap. Just oh as my much god, as black kids do. no! I, I I didn't link up in the in his story about no. that he was thinking he, his black child is the right. one. No, no, that no, no. Basically, no. The, the tone was that as a white man, I can't tell my black son what cultural things he can and can't do or well, listen to. in the first place, as a parent, you can do whatever you want is right, whether your child's black, yellow, <laughs> red, or white. That's You're your a parent. job. That's your job. Yeah, yeah. And I think he's getting a bit hung up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, uh, Rory's not going to go and grab a gun and start killing people because he likes to play Fortnite. Right. He doesn't even, yeah. This was a... Uh, this story comes up every year around New Year's, and I hate it every single year because it's, it's, you're a parent. This is your job. Netflix will help you trick your kids into going to sleep early on New Year's Eve. Netflix will, if you tell it to, fake the clock on the screen and, and tell your kids that it's midnight when it's not, in fact, midnight. So the kids are looking, okay, I'll go to sleep now. And, and they go to, stop that. 
That's so deceitful. It really is. And as a parent, if you want your kid to go to bed, you go, no, you go to bed now. I want to step to midnight. No, 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 no. You're tired. You had a big day. You're going to bed. I want to step to midnight. Don't read. I want to step to midnight. <laughs> Here, take a melatonin. Get to bed. I want to step to midnight. Just be a parent. Say no. Unless you, if they, if you want them to stay up to midnight, yeah, let's all hang out and stay up till midnight together. In which case, you don't need Netflix a lot of your children. No, I don't. I don't. This is it happens all the time. People abrogate their responsibility as a parent to other things, devices, it's companies, all, all the, time. the time, more and more and more. And in this case, it's so easy to fix the problem. You simply say. No, mm-hmm. you're too young or you're too tired or, or, or just no, mm-hmm. go to bed. I don't want to. I don't care. I didn't ask if you wanted to go to bed. Go to bed. Mm-hmm. Don't make me get my mother's statement. But my mother's favorite line was don't make me get up because mm-hmm. you knew if my, if you made if me I get, do up, get up, if I do get up, you're getting you're a whack st- on the head. You're getting a whack. I mean, even in the schools now, and it's an interesting conversation that, um, uh, my friend Corey, who is also my colleague and my assistant at work, the the disrespect in all of the schools over yeah. here, 13 schools over here, we go to most of them, mostly the, uh, 11 of them because the high schools we don't go to that much. The disrespect that y- that is, is observed by us, yeah. for the children toward the adults, is uh, almost one of the overwhelming biggest problems yeah. in the classrooms. So Corey and I, Corey's decided now that she doesn't let the children call her Corey because they call all the educational assistants by their first name. I don't like that It's like, no, no, no. So now, from now on, I always say, because the teachers always say, you know, what should they call you, Melissa? And I always say, no, they can call me Mrs. Berryman. They can call me, you know. And Corey does the same. And she's got the educational assistants going, oh, doing the same. No, no, no. You call me. No, no. You do what I tell you to do. I am Mrs. Smith. Yep. I'm not John. I'm not Joan. Yep. I'm not Kim. I'm Mrs. Smith. That's right. Because children are not seeing the difference between them and their needs, and an adult figure that they should be attached to. Yep. It's because there's so many attachment issues too. Children don't know how to attach, and so they've got no boundaries. They're like bleh, bleh, like they're all over the place. What do you mean attachment? Attachment is well, attachment's like a whole. My God. I mean, it's months of reading attachment, but attachment starts at birth, yeah. eye to eye contact. So, sure. and there's so many, so many children now that have um, attachment issues, which results. Well, what has it got to do with uh, teaching assistants? Well, because they haven't learned, the children haven't learned to zo- to zone in on an adult okay. as that person that is their guide, the one that will give them boundaries, the one that will keep them safe. The, it's like, no, 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 you follow me. I'm the adult. But what does calling them by their first name have to do with that? It's Well, that's about respect. Okay, all right. That's initially the first respect yeah. thing. And so... Um, and we work with so many children, and we see that you lose them so quickly. It's like, no, no, no. Hey, you stop and you come here. I haven't told you what no. I want you to do yet. Some children, some teachers are masters at it. They have they work for the first two months in kindergarten on getting those children under control. Yeah. So you know, th- there's the respect and the and the uh, ability for young, for future adults to be able to look and be guided and, and know that this is where you're going to behave and you're not going to go out of that behavior My mother zone. didn't let any of our young friends when we were young kids and our, certainly our preteens call her Pat. It was always Mrs. King. Yeah. And even after then, 
for the friends you had all through school, even after you're 16, 7 years old, you still called her Mrs. King. Even yeah. though she said, it's okay, you can call me Pat. Said, no. And the I kid's know. like, no, I've been calling you this for 10 years. I'm going to keep calling you Mrs. King. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't like when, when kids call me by my name either. I, I want to be called Mr. King. Mm. And it's not a pompous thing. It's a respect thing. It's, an, it's, a, it's a recognition in my mind, a recognition the kid sees you as the yes, adult. Yes, I'm an adult. I'm and just you're not a taller kid. version of you. Yeah. I'm an adult, and yeah. you're not. Mm-hmm. And I want that boundary respected. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing. And, and this Netflix thing is part of all that. It kind of is. It's like they're looking to that to guide them and tell them when to go to bed. No, exactly. You shouldn't Interesting. do that. No, I, I, yeah. The, <laughs> this is a very funny thing. You, uh, along with, and I, I love that you did this, we went to the airport yesterday, um, this whole getting into shape thing, wanting to walk more and just exercise in general. And I'm not talking about, I ain't running a marathon in three months. I'm not prepping for that. But just the little things you can do, smaller portions of food, not having seconds, that kind of stuff, eating better. We, we eat pretty well from a nutritional standpoint on our own. But one of the little things makes so much of it, can make so much of a difference. We're at the airport yesterday, and I naturally head towards the escalator. And you were like, no, no, come on. And you took me up the stairs. It was like, Thank you. That's, yes. That's brilliant. No, your rings are, uh, it's good because it gives me that, that opening now to go, no, no, you got to close your rings. That's Come right. on, go up the stairs. That's right, go up the stairs. Uh, we uh, went to Melissa's hairdresser yesterday, and instead of driving the car down to the place where I wanted to fly the drone with Rory, mm-hmm. we walked down there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a long walk. It was a no. kilometer, maybe. That's okay. There and back, and we walked around, but that was fantastic. We uh-huh. drive the car. You closed all your rings yesterday. Twice. Yeah. I closed twice. All my, I closed my rings well, twice. Well, Costco. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did a lot. Of, we did a lot of activity. Yeah. But this is funny. Should escalators be standing only? You do this. You get on an escalator and you start walking. Mm-hmm. That's bad. That actually slows the escalator down. Okay. Escalators don't move as fast if half the people, if there's a rule where... The rule is basically stand, stand right, walk left. Mm-hmm. Okay, if in, on crowded escalators that might work better, but on gen, in general, it should be stand on the entire escalator. It'll move more people faster that way. It's been proven that. But now Japan is trying to mandate that they will punish you if you walk up an escalator. That's not going to. It might work in Japan. It's never going to work in North America. Never, ever, ever. Anyone who's accustomed to taking public transportation has likely experienced the frustration of people who stand on the side of the escalator meant for walking, blocking your way and slowing you down. Which is why it might seem surprising that a company in Tokyo is trying to eliminate walking on escalators entirely. Last week, the East Japan Railway Company launched a campaign encouraging commuters to use both sides of the escalator to stand, as opposed to leaving one side open for those who want to walk. The goal of the initiative is to reduce the number of collisions and accidents, as well as be considerate to elderly passengers and those with disabilities. The practice doesn't have to just do with safety. If everyone uses the escalator to stand, it could actually make the service more efficient. Hmm. The problem with that, though, is that if two people are on the escalator and they don't know each other, I'm not going to stand next to you. You know, that's that's the most efficient way, or 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 at least in the stair behind you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to stand that close to you because I, I don't know you. So I'm going to take a few steps back and there'll be that gap there which means the people behind me don't get can't use that gap so i don't know if it's as efficient as they think it is well you're like that because you're canadian if you go to yeah. other countries like india you don't have any you don't have no personal space oh yes oh my god mm-hmm. i know no no 
So, but yeah, but see, I don't want just an escalator as my option. I don't like escalators. I move. I am a mover. If I have an opportunity to move, I will move faster. So, I like it at the airport where they've got the stairs in the middle of the escalators. Yes. At the ferry terminal, they've got the stairs next to the escalators. So, because I'll always go the stairs. Yeah. Unless I've got luggage. Sure, of course. But even then, I'll probably put my handle down and try and lift up my suitcase to carry it. So, fair enough. But, okay, so if you don't need the escalator, don't take it. Take the stairs. That's a good idea anyway. Build stairs. There's certainly something we're gonna we're gonna do. More I even of. walk on the walk on the moving floor at the airport. <laughs> I love that, and I walk. It feels so good. It, it does feel cool, cool move, to move that fast. Doesn't it, it does. It's really neat. I don't just stand there. I keep moving. In my mind's always been, no, you built this for me to stand. I'm gonna stand. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm being respectful for your engineering feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but maybe, I won't do that anymore. I will be walking. I was gonna on. say. I hope that I don't have to continue to say to you, "Hey, come on, let's take the stairs." You, I might, think you might have to remind me. Yeah, for but a I'll, while, but, but I won't eventually, bitch about it. no. I won't bitch about it. Yeah. Because that's my automatic reaction is to go to the escalators. Mm. But now, no, I'll be taking the stairs. Wow. Folks, as always, send us emails to dltu at yml.me. We love getting emails from you guys. Let us know what you did for New Year's or uh, Christmas or anything else you'd like to do. Uh, dltu at yml.me. M-E. We'll talk more about our boot of that MF uh, stuff. And just ask Scott, so Scott t- t- and remind me if there's another way to get ac- over to the North Shore. Yeah, Scott Thrift. Our, and is he, our, if he has any insight into the incredible celebrations there. Our official Australian correspondent. Let us know uh, what you did for New Year's. Did you go down to the harbor? He lives in Sydney. He Same does. Our friend Jason Painter also lives in Sydney. I'm curious. That's right. I wonder if it's one of those things where if you're native, you don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you live in Times if you're a native New Yorker, you don't go to Times Square for the ball drop. You know, if 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 you are um, in Vancouver, you don't go to the, 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 the fireworks. It's not true, but that's the general gist of things. I wonder if Sydneyites, Sid, Sydneyites, Sydneyians? I just know Novocastrians. I don't know Sydneyites. Um, if they also avoid that area, because it would be madness. Well, if you lived in, oh, my aunt, well, I don't know. Oh, it depends where you live, I guess. Because in Vancouver, our celebration of fire or, uh, fireworks every uh, summer are concerted in one area, whereas Sydney Harbor, you've got both sides of the harbor. We don't well, do it in Vancouver where you can be on the North Shore no, or see, Burnaby. No, yeah, or when whatever. you're in Vancouver, there's really, there's not that many spots that you can stand to That's get right. the full impact yeah, of the fireworks. Much more Sydney, compact space than oh, the Sydney. And the harbor is just amazing. Yeah. So, yes, I just, when I'm curious, Scott or Jason. What do, you, what do you guys do for New Year's, the fireworks in the harbor? Um, until next week, as always, I've been Sean King. I'm Melissa King. You've been listening to Don't Listen to Us. Thanks very much for joining us. See ya. Bye.